Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. With every conversation, we hope to inspire as many as possible to keep on Dungeon Mastering. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joe Moniak, and today DM Mitch and I are going to be jumping back into our Ancestral Analysis series, and we're going to be talking about the Warforged, how to add them to your game, and some of the mechanics behind them. Pun fully intended. Of course, we want to shout out the Patreon today because the Golden Hawk and its crew are already out and about and based on the latest poll it looks like the next thing that's going to be released for the patreon is the phantom rider subclass a subclass theoretically for any class that you want to add it on to for that ghost rider feel that you have just been missing for your fifth edition game but rather than talk any more about that let's head to the meat i'm starving we ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days Today on The Meat, we're going to be jumping back into one of our series, um, and we don't really know what to title it, so we have several options that I have come up with on the spot. So we have Ancestral Analysis, which we have used before. I have come up with the idea of DNA Dialogue as a different one. Um, species Speculative was a different one. Oh. <laughs> And there was, yeah, I was trying to come up with as many as possible just because I feel like it's a moving target at all times. Well, my vote goes towards the first one, but um, I'm Perfect. only one person. So, well, and it's also the easiest one because it's the one we've used before. If, if we go so, with the third one, which is what? The species speculative. No, <laughs> that's too much. Too much of a, oh boy. <laughs> Done. Okay, so today on the Ancestral <laughs> Analysis, we're going to be talking about the Warforged. Yes. I'm pumped about this. We don't we don't have a guest. So then my first question is, and I guess I'll ask you, and then you could ask me, what drew you to the idea of talking about Warforged? I, I think Warforged are just so, in a, in a game that has so many different races to play, creatures to play, even if you open it up to like homebrews that allow you to like play monster races that haven't been turned into player character races yet, Warforged just always stand out. Uh, they're, you know, as, as constructs that you get to play. And then you start diving into what are the Warforged, which spoiler we're going to do. And it really, rather than being like, Oh yeah, they look cool, but it's it's actually not that exciting. They're really cool and have such an awesome backstory that to pick a Warforged opens up such amazing role-playing opportunities for a player. Yeah, I think we were talking before the the and then for me the what of a Warforged isn't that exciting uh, in that, you know, it's some stats, it's some abilities. It's like, you know, a lot of the other races you would play. The it's game the, mechanic kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's the how and the why. Like, okay, so have they always been here? 
did they show up yesterday? Did you know what are the reasons for their existence in your world? And also, like, you get into the nuanced question of how you know, obviously, depending on how deep you want to take it, like, do they have souls? Are they yep. alive? Are they not? Um, wh- how do other people in the world feel about it? Is it not even a question for your world? It's totally fine, or is it a hotly debated topic everywhere you go? That that sort of thing. And I'm actually going to disagree with one thing you said. I think the the mechanic aspect of a Warforged as a player race can be really different and interesting. Uh, we'll talk more about that. But yeah, I, I, I think that they they are different in so many ways, and that makes them really interesting. So what exactly neil you you love Eberron. Um, you've got some uh, some background on the Warforged in the world of Eberron, we're going to be talking about the Warforged in the sense of how do you put them into your own world? How do you, if you have a a player at the table who wants to come and be a Warforged, how do you DM well for that player and kind of help them along the way of like, how do you play a Warforged in my world? But they were created for the world of Eberron. So, So give us some backstory of what are the Warforged and a lot of that, I think, will kind of shape the conversation going forward. Yeah, one of the biggest things is that during the last war, which was not fun, and then you have the Day of Mourning, which is goes unexplained, certainly, in, which is awesome because, you know, Keith Baker always says, he's like, yeah, I have my reason for the Day of Mourning, but that's the whole point. You should have yours. <laughs> he's also like, and I'm not going to tell you mine. So the idea that they were created as weapons of war. And so you have the creation forges in House Caneth to basically produce these and they come out with nothing. They they just don't know anything. So then whoever they see, it's all, I, I I think of it akin to like a baby bird and like this Warforge comes out and imprints on you and everything you tell it initially, it just accepts as that's reality. And so a lot of the initial Warforged were given very minimal information because House Kenneth was willing to sell them to anybody. So then, like, I'm not going to teach it, you know, a localized religion. I'm not going to teach it certain things. Combat, yes. Okay, here. Here is your Warforged. You can continue to teach it what you want. Um, and then once the war is over, what do you do? Because that's all that that was the express purpose of their existence was war. And now there's no more war. And so then you start to get into a lot of the nuanced questions of like, oh, okay, do we, you know, oh, man, oh, it's so weird because it's like, do you decommission them? That doesn't feel yeah. right. But I, but I'm, I'm, I would imagine. But to that some people in in a world, it's that's the thing. It does feel right because they, yeah. To some people, they're just tools and or weapons, and so that's that's where a lot of this comes into play. The what are the warforged? Yeah, and it all really depends on how close, you know, if, again, if you're using the last war as like your jumping off point, like how close are you to the end of that war and how many people then have memories twofold. One, fighting arm in arm with Warforged or fighting against them and watching those Warforged, you know, take down their family, their friends, everything like that. So they, the <laughs> the various feelings and emotions that a group of people could have towards them is is astronomical in this specific setting. Yeah, longtime listeners of the show may may know this about me already, but I've always been a fan of 
campaigns that focus around you're all one race or you're all one class. I think that that can be really fun. I'm, I'm running a campaign right now where everybody is all wizards and it's been a blast. I think that with this idea of like their Warforged, Warforged were created to go to war. Like what an interesting start to a campaign to be like, well, we're all going to play Warforged and session one where you're starting the game is they're created and get ready, get, get in order. Cause we're, we're marching off to battle. Uh, do do they go to battle together? Like they're new creations, new life coming into the world and being all right, get in marching formation. We're headed out to war. What an, an interesting start to a campaign and having players have to wrestle with. I'm a living thing. I have a will of my own. Keith Baker puts it. Um, I watched, I watched Keith Baker talking about the Warforge, And one of the things he says that I think honestly is important for the Warforged. And I made the mistake when I first came across the Warforged, as did the first player that I ever have play a Warforged in my world. Keith Baker says a Warforged is not a robot because they were not programmed. Like they have a will of their own. They do get to decide, am I going to go along with this? Now, like kind of like you just said, Neil, part of the problem is if you're put it, if you're created for war and your Warforged tries to run away, they might be seen as, oh, we need to decommission, like you just said, that Warforged. Destroy it. It's not serving its purpose. But they're not programmed that beep, boop, beep, I've got to go to war. That's something I think a lot of first-timers who come to the Warforged, myself included, get get wrong. I remember the first, the first player who played a Warforged in my world named their character like K1L1 or something, you know, like based off a of Star oh, yeah. Wars like droid. Um, and that ultimately wasn't, at least lore-wise, that's not correct to what a Warforged is. Yeah, it's a really good point that they all start out with a fresh slate. I feel like this, it's too much of a segue. So the first time that I ever had interactions with Warforged in a game was that we had gone through this this temple area and basically gotten to this place where this mage had been who had created two Warforged and then died. So they, they had never turned these two Warforged on. So then we did... And we called them Bill and Ted because they're very aloof (laughs) because they had, you know, they had no interaction. Like they went outside for the first time and it is like they they were just like children, just just soaking in the world for the very first time and having these interactions. And so that was my first interaction with uh, Warforged ever. And so they were like secondary characters, NPCs, which is really interesting because I feel like. This could be a whole nother episode, but PC NPCs rather than DM NPCs. Um, basically, we we're getting into like harder spots in this campaign. So then the DM had kind of added a couple extra, you know, PC characters. But then there were these Warforged who were just learning new things every day. Yeah, it's it's interesting talking about the clean slate. And obviously you as a DM out there, uh, many of which I know many of our listeners are running their own homebrew worlds. Like that's a question to ask like about what does that clean slate look like? And and obviously a, a Warforged doesn't necessarily have to come to life with a clean slate. And I've got some ideas for that later on. Um, but if they are coming into being and it's their first experience with life, 
do they even like do they awaken and speak a language like normal but they're just like yeah like you said like a, a child's mind do they have a child's mind or is it like a fully grown adult way of thinking but they've never experienced anything uh, that's i mean that's a that's a question to wrestle with and Obviously, if you are running a campaign, you don't have to have the player or players who are playing the Warforged start with their character in that, like, well, this is the beginning of your Warforged. They could already have developed in the world and have a, a backstory, but that I think if that is the way a Warforged acts in your world, they come about in a clean slate. If you're going to play that way, that's going to have some interesting role-playing opportunities there. There's a lot of – I keep going back to the idea that you kind of alluded to. the, And this is a very specific campaign idea that is only going to work for a smattering of tables. Like This will not work for everyone. But the idea of everyone's playing a Warforged and go ahead and let each player really tailor what that looks like because, again, they're being made for certain tasks to be completed. But they're waking up on like the equivalent like a like a skyship. And they're just waking up, like going to where the war is because this is the next iteration of that battle. So they're just waking up. I think of the chopper noise, but I don't know that that would be true. But, you know, like uh, like or they're on a train, you know, like with the lightning rail or, or whatever method. Um, but the they're waking up and you're having those very first conversations. Or do you have some sort of gruff dwarf drill sergeant yelling at them? That sort of thing. But I think it would be really interesting to have such like a nuanced conversation of even after the battle, like what are the thoughts of the players as their characters? Because this is possibly the first experience in the world. Yeah. Well, and how that first experience goes is going to really determine how they react to it too. Like you said, if there's a dwarf sergeant who's just yelling orders and treating them as if they're just, yeah, machines, um, driven to go to war, they're going to respond differently to that than if they, if they wake up in, in a, uh, their, their dead creators workshop by some adventurers who, who, who may like try to explain things to them in a kind way. And why, why was I created? Who am I? Right? Like trying to answer that in a gentler way make is going to create some different role-playing opportunities and and then you start to get to explaining to a warforged what their quote-unquote purpose is right well you were created to go to war and either we're going to war right now so get ready you see that sword that's that is your hand like you're going to use that or waking up a warforged past like in the eberron setting past the war well you were created for war there's no more war going on. Well, then they've got to start asking, well, what's my purpose now? Where do I fit into this world? And you, yeah, like we've kind of alluded to already, in a world that very, very much may have people in it that are thinking and telling your Warforged character, um, whether it's NPCs or players, uh, that you don't have a purpose anymore. You actually shouldn't even be existing. You're just a tool for war. The war's over. There's this like, image uh, that was created for the Eberron world where uh, it's like a bunch of protesters and they've got signs like 
no more war, no more war forged. Like there's no more purpose. Like let's get rid of them. Why are they still around? I also think of like, do they then feel compelled to fix things? You know, like, do they feel like, okay, well then I'm going to move into construction because I basically am tireless. So I'll just keep going and keep rebuilding the things that have been broken by this war that I had an unknown, potentially unknowing piece in, or at least marginally uninformed or like I didn't have a choice sort of thing. And then, yeah, um, grappling with, purpose well yeah and this is why the war forged your fun because like that's the conversation you're having that you're just you're literally having the pc and then their character the player and the character trying to grapple with like what is the purpose of the existence of their character in the world yeah well and speaking about existence like you you asked it very early on but i think it's something we should uh talk about because as a dm it would be something that in my world with the Warforged, I'd want them to to wrestle with it. And there would be di- not only them, but the other people of the world would have their own opinions of do the Warforged have souls? Like, are they truly living beings? Do they have souls? Me- mechanically, Warforged can be resurrected. That should tell you something, right? There's something to bring back to life there. But I mean, part of this the world building element of of it is there are going to be people with who who are going to have prejudices and want to hate the warforged and so even when a warforged is resurrected there's going to be an answer from those people of no still not they don't have souls that's not really that warforged that we were just talking to or you know you're you're just bringing back Again, maybe thinking about it in the sense of like robotic, like, right? Like you're just bringing back this, the old quote unquote programming or however, um, however your world may describe it. Yeah. The idea that like, yeah, my wagon was broken and then I put a new wheel on it and it runs again. It's, yeah. it's a wagon again, that base yep. concept. And you're like, yeah, okay. But I still use divine power. So I, I didn't divine your, <laughs> your wagon wheel back together. I, I called upon the power of my deity uh, to raise. Oh man! Raise but, I mean, creature. just thinking about thinking about that, right? A Warforged cleric, like for you, come across people who don't think that Warforged have souls, don't think that they belong anymore because the war's over. Whatever you you want to put into the history and the story of your world, there's going to be like to the point of zealots, right? Like, how dare you pretend to worship Pelor? And pretend like your power is coming from Pelor himself. Like it is clearly like some wizard created some spells on you. You're being controlled like a puppet. Like you, like this thing is lying about the God that I worship. That's going to cause some major problems. I also think about like the scenario and we could talk about other ways that Warforged show up, but there, it doesn't have to be a war. It could just be, um, the advancement in technology in general that they, which we, the, the list of homework that can happen based on what I just said is, is huge. But the idea that, you know, what if it is for construction? Because it's air quote, feel, people feel that it's safer because now we don't have people on high rises. We don't have people lifting things. We don't have people doing this, that, and the other. But then it comes to the idea that like, okay, no, wait, hold on though. These 
you, you know, these, what have you even just called them? The forged or the forgers, something yeah. like that. But the idea that like, okay, but they are learning. They are changing. They are adapting. I think we have some more, <laughs> some more questions to ask about what we are asking them to do in our society. Uh, and like, you know, having the ones that don't, is it, is it someone that has become a, a cleric? Is it someone that has become just a baker or, you know, just whatever other role that doesn't fit into the narrative that has been told about them? Yeah. Even just as you're, you're talking about it, you know, you were talking about different, different versions, right? Um, maybe there's work forged, war forged variants that were created not for war, but for working, right? Working in mines, working, working in, uh, creating the the railroad systems, um, just different different forms of work uh, that, especially for creatures that don't tire, don't need sleep, um, are seen as such a great quote unquote tool, right? But yeah, you said even like, what if they're called the forged? And again, I'm thinking about the reactions of people who don't think that they are truly living. And I think they might start calling them forgeries, right? Like you're you're not oh, you're not nice. real. Um, you're, you're not war forge. You're not work forge. You're forgeries. Yeah, interesting, interesting elements for your your world building, but also for I think I think you'd want to like like any kind of time that a a player is going to play a character uh, that may find difficulties in the world. I think you want to make them aware of those things up front. And you as a DM always want to be careful about, I'll be honest, like if I'm playing something like a half orc in a world in which half orcs are going to be looked down upon by most um, other people in that world, it starts to get tedious when every single encounter and every single city you go into has to be that way in a DM's mind. So as a DM, like keep that in mind. You you want like these kind of role-playing opportunities to be fun for your players not to be wearing on their souls and you know be inform them about that kind of lore if that's the lore you want to build in uh up front yeah yeah there's a lot of choices that, that can be made to make that easier but and it's not to shy away from it completely but it's it's not to make that an all-encompassing portion of your game like you said every time that you go into town in the same way with like the druid who has a bear and it's like you know i don't really want to tackle that scenario another <laughs> yeah. time with you yeah are we just going to agree that it stays in the forest and we don't have to worry about it or can you polymorph it can you know something along along those lines but um the other yeah, thing the i've D been thinking the dm and uh, hey listen I i'll be honest i was this dm who who leans in every time you go into town and Sure, you can let your bear wander around the forest, but will it be there when you get oh back? Oh my I gosh! Guess we'll have to see. Like, oh my gosh! Come on! Like, don't do that to your players every time. Like, that's I, I used to do that. Don't do that. It's not Haunting. fun for a player. Yeah, just go go ahead and roll the percentage die. Don't ask. Don't ask any more questions. But before we kind of move on from just like who are the Warforged, I do want to kneel. I want to bring us back to the mechanics of a Warforged for a second. Fine. Not, we, we don't need to talk no, about don't. like super mechanical uh, aspects of it. But like, I mean, one of the things that I do find interesting about a Warforged is like the makeup 
of their bodies, that they're they're made of wood and stone and metal, and you can create Warforged with like tools and weapons literally grafted on as limbs, hidden compartments. Warforged have been enchanted by wizards to be like magical Warforged. Um, even even the armor, it's such an interesting thing of like the Warforged, they they don't wear armor. They have components of their body that have been made to be armor. And I, I think that as a DM, like I've got players who want to play Warforged at my table. I think you want to probably go into that campaign with the awareness of that. And I would say, look into what's already created and maybe even think about how you're going to be creative in allowing your Warforged PCs upgrades, um, uh, ways to like change their their bodies to fit the story as they go along. That that to me could be a really fun aspect of having PC Warforged at the table. No, that's stupid. And I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All the mechanical stuff is stupid. No, I agree that there's there's a lot of nuance. And I think I guess maybe <laughs> they're both fun. But the one that just draws me is definitely more so of like, why are they here? Are these the only two? Is it just Bill sure, and Ted yeah, the absolutely. whole world? And I have to tackle that sort of thing. Is it all of these other things? But the more I think about it, the more I would probably take some extra time with whichever player decided that they wanted to be a Warforged. Because then you, re- you even really start yeah. to mix both questions of like, okay, you're are you a larger warforged, but you feel compelled, you feel an affinity to magic is, are you a, are you a, you know, beefed out warforged? Who's a sorcerer? Cause none of it, I mean, you know, from a, from a physical perspective, it, whatever, you know, let, let the warforged look however it's going to look. And then you tailor the stats and the other abilities as needed. The other thing I would probably go so far as to say those like racial traits that they get, just tailor those to be, whatever they were and whatever the player needs and wants them to be. Is it that you, you're the frontline fighter. So you're, uh, well, I don't want to say that they're adamantine because then they're just like a giant, <laughs> like payday for <laughs> when anyone sees them walking around in the world. But like conceptually, is it that they, and I, you know, and it, D has moved away from what I'm about to say, but potentially depending on how strong you make a bonus, you may need to add in kind of a negative. Is their mobility reduced, but they can't be crit? Is it that yeah. this happens and, and this is it that they have psionics and that's how you want to add it into the game because they look at the world differently. You know, the idea that inside of them, there's like the equivalent of quantum computer, uh, which, you know, that's mimics the human brain in a certain but very different way. So, yeah, there's a lot of there is a lot of nuance. I guess it's all the same. It's two sides of the same coin. The more I talk about it. Well, yeah, and you said something that I think is is probably a great idea. Like when you're sitting down for like what we we talk about all the time, encouraging players and DMs to sit down and have a character creation night, a session zero at the beginning of the campaign. Like if you come into that with the mentality of how can I help this player who wants to play a Warforged with their role playing? Like, I mean, bring up to them like, hey, I know that you've probably noticed that your Warforged is immune. It doesn't sleep, doesn't need to breathe, doesn't need to drink, doesn't need to eat, doesn't need to, uh, yeah, doesn't need to do these things. Um, 
I think a good question as a DM uh, to a player to, you know, throw out there is, hey, hey, have you started thinking about how that's going to play out in the campaign we're going to run, right? Because you're, you're, you have other characters in your group. They do need to eat. They need to sleep. They need, so when we stop for, for long rests, when we stop for breaks, like, cause you don't get exhausted in any form, like, does your Warforge just like chill? Does like, think about that. Like, do, do they have something that they have become accustomed to doing while the humans around them, the, the elves, the dwarves, like are resting uh, that they spend time on. And I, I think, again, opening up um, further opportunities for for good role-playing. And, and another thing that I think is interesting to talk about is the healing aspect of it. Like, you can, you can just say, hey, Warforged get healed like normal because they have a life force inside of them and that's where the power is coming from. Uh, but if you really want to lean into it and your player wants to lean into it, maybe they don't get healed by healing spells. Uh, do do good berries help a warforged? I mean, like I think logically, there's a breakdown there uh, for me at least. And if your player wants to, it could be really fun to say, "Yeah, you don't get healed normally. You actually have to be fixed. You have to like." And so maybe there's a dwarf in your party that can do that. Uh, maybe you can do that yourself as long as you're awake and aware. But what happens when the warforged hits zero? Maybe there's no rolls for death saving throws. It's just, they just got to have somebody who comes along and helps them, like, get back up. I, it's okay. Rich Howard, if you're listening, cover your ears. I feel like it's the only time oh. you could you could shock a flatline. Because <laughs> it's not what you do. It, yep. They, yep. You, it's to fix the rhythm. It's not it's okay. to bring someone back. Yeah, shh, shh. But yeah, they, someone just... You also me, didn't I tell am, him to like that he could uncover his ears like after 10 seconds. So he's just not hearing... Not even any more of this episode, but Rich Howard, poor Rich Howard has now can't listen to any more DMs block because well, of what you just said. That's okay. I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> text okay. him. I'll text him and be like, it's okay. You, uncover you, your you ears can uncover now. yours. Yeah. But the idea of someone running up mid battle and doing shocking grasp and bringing the Warforged back to life, like that seems like a lot of fun. The same thing is, <clears throat> what if that's the answer for downtime? Anytime that there is downtime, they can fix themselves and do they get advantage because someone else in the party can help or do they get a double bonus for whatever mechanic you've added to or it could be a literal mechanic that you've added to the party who's helping fix the warforged yeah yeah i thought that there were elements of the mechanical aspect that um we yeah we shouldn't gloss over because i think that they they add to the story um and as a dm we want to be aware of that to help our players have a great time but what about Warforged in homebrew worlds, Neil? You got any thoughts on like storylines, like lore? Like what would you put any different spins on the Warforged? Have you in your world? Like I, I'd love to hear it. So I've played some in Eberron. And so then figuring out those spaces and places and uh, finding the person's name because then they get named more towards what they're doing and who they are, that sort of thing. Um, but I think give us one a of them name. What's a war? Cole, a good Cole. So I had one that was named Cole because they, yeah, that that was what they ended up doing. Miner. They found, yeah, they, yeah, exactly. They were a coal miner because yep. that's one of the jobs that they could find and get paid well because you're, you know, you're risking life and limb. And I think they had one less limb as well because, like, because of a mining accident. Um, my my go to is. 
my go-to in terms of interesting is that they came from outer space. So that they landed. Is it a ship? Is it... And honestly, in hindsight, it's just because I watched Transformers. So let's not get it (laughs) twisted that this is some exciting idea that I had that I came up all on my own because I realized it's just Transformers. Because you also think of, have they been there for a really long time and have only recently been unearthed? Were they, have they thus far been an underground society that's been making more Warforged because they found the right minerals, have the right products? Yeah, who created them? Yeah. Yeah. Did they show up? What with does the their creation? planet look like? <laughs> yeah. Well, Cybertron, obviously, but <laughs> yeah, but like <laughs> Transformers, do, bitch. Come on, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah come on. With program. Yeah, and obviously they have sparks inside them. That's the the, the life force that they have. <laughs> but but the idea, like, do oh, they gosh, have? Are they like forge? small farting warforged? Because I'm out. <laughs> no, 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 none of those. But giant ones, uh, definitely. Uh, and they transform into animals that they found recently. No, the but the idea, like, did they have a creation forge? Are they emerging from the world because it broke and they need to try and they want to try and figure out how to make it work again? Or do, have they accepted that that's this is it? This is all the war forge that there ever will be. So now we will enter the world and see what there is to offer. Um, so yeah, from space is probably my more interesting one. I. One of my favorite uh, ideas that I was thinking about with Warforged is kind of going back to what you brought up early on. It's like them coming into being with a clean slate. And I, you know, I said I had something later on that they don't come into being with a clean slate. I like the idea of going back to this question of do does a Warforged have a soul? If they do, the question that I have is, well, where did that soul come from? How does that soul come into being? Like, did the creators of the World Forge tap into some amazing magic that creates a soul uh, out of nothing, right? Uh, or um, did that soul come from somewhere? So I think I'd be really interested in if the Warforged souls are like souls of the dead that like maybe they're like ghosts who had unfinished business. And so, um, I mean, that then asks the question of when a Warforged is awakened, do they have not a blank slate, but they have like, they remember who they were as a person, or maybe it is more of a blank slate, but as they start to live, they start remembering things from their previous life. I, I and and then maybe some people would even call those maybe it's a specific type of warforged that you call the ghost forged, uh, but yeah, like that idea of like a soul coming from somewhere, and rather than them just coming into being from nothing, no, that that soul was somebody who did at one point live. Yeah, and you get into a lot of nuanced conversation about about the idea that yeah, did you tap into some extra planar realm and you're basically. You know, is there a, yeah. is there a, a deity in this world now that is less than pleased with your process because you're messing up what they think their process should be? That these souls should be over here, but now you're taking them and putting them back into the material plane. Also, the idea that just do <laughs> the idea. The first idea that came to my head was um, Altered Carbon. Do you remember that show on Netflix? I started watching it. I did not finish it, but. So, so the base, the, the base idea is that potentially you, you could have, you know, you could put someone who's passed back into a body. Yes. 
No, depending on how much money you have, whether or not that body looks like theirs. So in one in one of the scenes, they like put their their little grandma into like this super huge rough criminal that they that was there instead. So uh, the idea that there would just be this giant warforged talking like a little grandma the whole time uh, makes me very happy as a base concept. Uh, and, and then it affords the players a lot of opportunities, like you said. Are yeah. is it everything? All is it everything? everything everywhere all at once is it just little bits and pieces do is that what your leveling mechanic becomes the they level up in no more things but the idea is like what if yeah what if their body events that happen in the story yeah yeah mm -hmm. like the body the body of the warforged is what it is like there's not a lot that you know and these are the choices you're making but like the uh, not a lot can change there but you're unlocking pieces of your previous life and that's why you're becoming stronger as a character no yeah and i think that you tapped upon something there too that it like would play out like there would be people who would see the warforged as the perfect vessel like you know you can live forever within it you don't need to eat you don't need to breathe you don't need to sleep like you as long as you can get like repaired like you could seemingly live forever and so i think there and again i think there would be people in your world that would take that to like a zealotous like place of like we should all be like warforged we should all like every person uh, should become a warforged because you why why live in this meat sack of a body when i i could literally create the perfect body with every like different design that i want the old meat bag get out of here <laughs> yeah and it's it's an interesting thing though because like you really do need to get a feel for your table in terms of how much sci-fi are they comfortable with because a lot of these concepts have now started to go into soft and hard sci-fi based on I you know I said they came from space and all of these <laughs> things so it could be that you lean more towards the magical the extra planar things like that as just as easily as saying they're from space and they're basically an alien race and now we need to figure out how that works with the society and the world that you've created yeah I also love the idea of, and I know Eberron definitely has followed this line of thinking, but like Warforged that are angry because of why they were created and like how that would play out in your world of Warforged that either resent the purpose they were created for or resent that they were created for a purpose and when they came into being, that purpose was no longer there for them. Do they resent the way that people treat them um how do they, how do they react to that are there armies of warforged resistance like armies of warforged do warforged go off and create their own their own cities uh, in which they don't allow um anybody who's not a warforged into it if war the creation of warforged like in eberron has ceased no more warforged there's no more war no more warforged like do warforged want to create more of themselves and is that like a secret knowledge that they need to try and search for and and then if they do create it like do warforged just start creating more warforged which potentially could become a a problem if they want to enact vengeance upon others for multiple reasons that we've talked about the lord of blades 
out in the mornland where it's like, hey, we're doing fine because we don't need to eat, sleep, or do any of those things. So we're going to hang out here, and then we're going to figure out what we want to do about this whole Warforged thing later. Yeah. And that's like you said, well, okay, so what are they, what are they doing out there? Is that the adventure? Uh, especially, do you have a Warforged that wants to know? Is it, Or is it like a later arc in your campaign where you have this Warforged that has unlocked these memories and now that's part of their story and the story that you want to tell at your table that, okay, so then let's figure out more about the Warforged, what that means and what that means for the rest of this world. Well, and then of, of course, the, the, last, uh, the last two things I've just got on my list is just a reminder that the Warforged aren't all that there is. We did talk about like the idea of like a Workforged, you know, different versions, but like, I mean, you've got the Warforged Titan, and you've got, of course, uh, as nobody can see it right now because we're in audio form, but Neil's got a image of the Warforged Colossus behind him, uh, which, yeah, like the idea of a being that is as tall as a skyscraper, but like one being, like it's <laughs> it's same problems as all the other Warforged. Like, yep. why do I exist? What is my purpose, right? But in a Colossus form... <laughs> that's an interesting uh, opening for some story right there. Yeah. Makes me think of uh, the scene in Rick and Morty when he creates the little machine. He says, what is my purpose? You pass my butter. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, makes me think but of yeah. the Iron Giant. Oh, Hogarth. <laughs> okay, so now the question is, I think we've stumbled into homework because we uh, there are so, so many things we could reference. So, yeah, I'll let you go first. Are there pieces of media, be it comic, be it um, movies, TV, anything yeah. you can think of to suggest for Warforged ideas? I mean, like you said, we, we kind of suggested a, like it kind of came up naturally in our conversation already. You you suggested uh, Transformers. I think that's a great one. Uh, but the one that like came to my mind is and I know that I'm the one who reminded us that Keith Baker said that Warforged are not robots. However, I would suggest inspiring you for some awesome Warforged stories in your world. Isaac Asimov's books are really great because although they are about robots, so many of them are asking questions about artificial intelligence and when does a robot's artificial intelligence cross that line of this is an actual being and no longer just a thing of metal and wires. And I think that a lot of what you read in those books, and I personally am a big fan of them. I, I love them. They're probably my favorite sci-fi series. He deals so well, even when dealing with the robots with questions about humanity. And I think that they could really be a good inspiration when we're asking all these questions about does a Warforged have a soul? Like, are they truly living? Like, uh, what is their purpose? Do they have to stick to their original purpose? I think they could be really great fodder for ideas in that department. What about you, Neil? The one that came to mind was watching the first part of Young Justice because Superboy is a clone that's made that's then programmed, has been psychically programmed, has never stepped foot outside, never seen the sun, never seen anything. And so then one of the biggest intellectual struggles that that character has is, am I a weapon? Am I just a weapon? 
was I only created to stop Superman were he to go evil? Is that my only purpose in this world? And so, you know, basically starting life at 16 and forever going to be 16 physically, which, you know, is harkens back to the idea of a warforged. Like, do they deteriorate at all? Do they always deteriorate? Is it just short of damage um, that they would essentially be immortal and wrestling with those questions of basically what is my purpose Uh, and then the other one that i thought of was a comic book series called atomic robo where it's basically about a a self-aware robot that was created by nikola tesla and so this one would be if you have very few warforged uh, because that's another concept is like, you know, the Bill and Ted. Bill, and, As far as I remember, in that world, Bill and Ted were it. They were the only Warforged that existed. So then how does that work? Opposed to, you know, there's tens of thousands. They're everywhere. Everyone remembers them, what they did, what they, how they were created, why they exist. But what if there was just one? And, and then dealing with that. And I also think of like Star Trek with Data where he was the only one. Then he finds yeah. out that there's lore, his evil brother with a mustache. Um, but, but the idea that like, if there are fewer also finding those stories and those spaces and places um, to look at things, but yeah, there's so, so much sci-fi. Cause I think of almost human where basically they have police robots that are for the most part unthinking. They just, they are just a tool. They're just, you know, no different than anything else, but then there are the ones that were given a, basically a personality chip. Um, and so they like, have you crossed over? Is this more of a person now rather than just a robot? And, you know, like I said, the, even the title tells you almost human and then figuring out things from there. Love it. I think we did it. We did it. I guess that's it though. We, I'll, cause yeah, the outro is later. <laughs> we did it. So put Warforge in your world. Tell us about some of the stories that you're doing. Well, I'm excited to try some Warforge in my world. How did they show up? Is it is it cybernetics that just went bad? Somebody just kept replacing. I replaced too much. Yep. (laughs) Roll out. As always, if you enjoyed what you heard, you can definitely head over and email us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. Tell us about how you've added Warforge to your game, the origin story, the inciting event whatever it may be and of course if you enjoyed this head over to your podcatcher of choice apple podcast or whatever it may be leave us a rating review as that's always helpful of course you can find us on social media at dms underscore block that's at dms block you can like us on facebook twitter instagram wherever you may find us and if we're not there let us know as always the dungeon masters block is a proud member of the block party podcast network where you can check out other shows like Detentions and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, and more. We want to thank you for spending some time with us and listening to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the ego of everyone else at the table. I'm DM Neil. Good night, good luck, and keep on Dungeon Mastering.
Goodbye.